0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, March 2nd, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer, White Train Bowie. Hey, everyone. Brad, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. You're back from vacation. Uh, We missed your birthday, but uh, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday on the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks. Yeah, it was nice to get away for my birthday and be on vacation. It, It was literally the first time I've been on vacation since college and spring break. Like, I've taken days off here and there, but... This is the first time I've ever had like an extended break away from work where I didn't have to worry about anything. Wow, that is awesome.
2: Wow.
0: I'm
1: sure yeah, we'll talk
2: you about a happy birthday.
0: Yeah, and and I I'd, I'd forgotten that your birthday is so close to HT's. HT HG just celebrated her birthday as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. Ho- hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about uh, more about your vacation and stuff. Um, later this week maybe we'll get a chance to do uh, a water cooler episode or something like that because I definitely want to hear about what you've been up to. But in the meantime, let's talk about some film and TV stuff. So, um, HT, the Uncharted movie. This thing has been chugging along for years and years. We've talked about it a lot over the recent months as it seems to be almost like stumbling toward production. Like there's just one step forward, one step back things. It's like the studio is intent on making this thing, uh, you know, come hell or high water. And now evidently it seems to be moving forward and it's actually added another person to its cast. So who has joined the cast of the Uncharted film?
2: Yeah, Uncharted may finally maybe be getting back into uh, getting kicked back into gear. But um, Antonio Banderas is the newest cast member of Uncharted. He will be starring opposite Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, He has role has not yet been confirmed, but um, judging by past films, which he has been typecast as the villain before, it's likely that he'll play the villain because Hollywood loves their uh, baddies with an accent. Um, And it seems a little bit of a step down, especially after Antonio Banderas scored his first Oscar nomination for his career best role in Pain and Glory. But um, this is a big get for Uncharted, which has long had just Uh, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Before that, just Mark Wahlberg attached. Uh, So Banderas is joining, as well as two other cast members, um, Sophia Ali and the 100 actor, Tati Gabrielle. And this all comes as Ruben Fleischer has been confirmed to be directing uh, Uncharted. He's going to be the eighth director in a long line of directors to um, uh, be attached to this project. But Sony has locked him down, so he can't leave for now (laughs) Um, so it seems like they they they're um you know uh chugging on ahead as you as you say like they're back on the map um (laughs) uh i I don't know other like charted puns (laughs) uh yes it's happening
0: (laughs) map related puns uh yeah so i've played all of the uncharted games i think the fourth one a thief's end i believe is the subtitle is like one of my favorite video games of all time um thinking about antonio banderas and him joining the cast of this movie i cannot think off the top of my head of a character from that franchise that he would be great to portray but then you know Thinking a little bit more about the movie's approach, this is sort of a prequel story to the the story that um, is compr, you know, that that plays out over the course of those four games because uh, Tom Holland is playing a younger version of the adventurer Nathan Drake, who uh, is the primary like protagonist of those games. So Antonio Banderas, if he does indeed play a villain, could just be you know some brand new character that's made up you know uh, specifically for this story. So um, there's that. I don't think we have any actual information about who he's playing or even like real speculation about that, do we, HT? Or is it just sort of like we're just guessing because, you know, some of the bigger names have already been announced? And, yes. Uh, yeah, okay.
2: Uh, it, it's all speculation at this point. There's no on, uh, official information about what, who or what he's playing. And, uh, yeah, we only know right now who Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are playing.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll see if Uncharted actually gets to the, the, the starting block this time. Um, speaking of things that have taken years and years to come to fruition, Brad, why The Last Man, the TV series, uh, recently lost its lead actor, but it seems that they've found a replacement now?
1: Yeah, so uh, Barry Keoghan from Dunkirk was supposed to star in the series, and production was going to begin in April, but uh, inexplicably, he dropped out for some reason at the last minute. So FX needed to find someone to replace him quickly instead of delaying the series. Yet again, it's been in development for like five years now. And they found a new star in Ben Schnetzer, who you might remember from the Warcraft movie. Um, he's also been in some other TV shows like The Truth About uh, Harry Hubert, um, The Harry Hubert Affair, Happy Town. Um, so he's he's been around for a, a little while. Uh, he's also starred in The Book Thief and Snowden. And now he's going to star in *Why the Last Man* uh, as the title character, York Brown. Uh, it's the last male left on a planet where some kind of pandemic has killed off all living mammals with a Y chromosome, and leaving uh, a post-apocalyptic world in charge of uh, or in charge by women. So, yeah, it's I guess it's good that the series isn't going to get canceled or delayed again. Um, it, I'd be interested to hear why Barry Keoghan left the series that you know so late in the game, if. Um, you know, something better came along, or maybe it seemed like the series wasn't going to turn out the way he had, he had hoped. But, uh, you know, we'll find out eventually since, like I said, production is supposed to start in April. I think they've already shot the
0: pilot for this. So I wonder if they're just going to, like, film the scenes that he was in solo and, uh, you know, and, and, like, insert him in there, or if they're going to, like, reshoot the entire thing. But um, I guess it, <laughs> it remains to be seen on that front. Um, Brad, did
1: you ever see the Warcraft film? I never saw that movie. I did, actually, and um, it's not great, but like, I don't know, it it has some great world building in it, um, but it just didn't really feel all that thrilling or exciting. It was weird, because I remember leaving thinking, like, I wanted to spend more time in the world, but the movie also felt like it was too long, which was a weird feeling to have Mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I don't know, I liked how how it really leaned into, like, the, the fantasy, you know, kind of Harder than some do. Um, mm-hmm. And Ben Schutzer was, you know, he was fine in it for, for what his role was. You know, it was a big ensemble cast, so he didn't have, uh, you know, tons to do. But, yeah. you know, this will probably be, the, um, I guess, the most significant role he's, he's had outside of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited
0: about this. I remember in, I think it was like 2007, 2008, somewhere around there, uh, DJ Caruso, who directed Disturbia and Eagle Eye, was in talks to direct a movie version of Why the Last Man was Shia LaBeouf in the lead role. And I remember thinking that that was really great casting at that time. Obviously that would not work now. Uh, Shia LaBeouf has, has definitely like aged out of that role. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about... Uh, a relative unknown like you mentioned he's been around for a while but I don't think Ben Schnetzer is like a household name you know for for uh our listeners and and readers of the site and stuff like that I I barely know who he is and I do do this stuff you know write about the stuff all the time so um I'm excited about somebody who doesn't really have a lot of baggage coming to this role and and maybe you know being able to put their own spin on it so um Brad H.C. what do you guys think about this casting?
2: I I haven't seen Warcraft, so I don't really have any opinion, but I am on the side with you of um, an unknown in this role because, although Barry Keoghan isn't quite that well-known either. He's more well-known amongst, like, independent circles. Um, But uh, it will be better, I guess, to have someone who just, like, is not really recognizable
1: uh, outside of Warcraft fans. Brad, any thoughts? Uh, You know, I think I'm just... You know, hoping that the series is good because this is you know a cool graphic novel, and it's been in the works for so long. I just hope that it's done justice to whoever you know is is in the lead role. So I'm just I'll reserve my judgment until the you know the series, hopefully makes a premiere on FX.
0: All right, so moving on to our next story, uh, there's a report from Page Six, which is a, a tabloid, uh, that actor slash director Ben Stiller is joining the cast of Fast and Furious 9, aka F9. So Before we go any further, we should preface this by saying that Page Six is not the most reliable source. Uh, They have been right in the past. There is a chance that the story ends up not being true but just the idea of Ben Stiller potentially being in a fast and furious movie is, uh, is too juicy for me to just avoid entirely as somebody who loves the fast and furious movies. So, uh, I just wanted to, you know, the the actual report really quickly, it basically just says that, uh, Stiller will have a role. It seems likely that he'll have a very small part and he's due to begin shooting scenes in F nine soon, whatever that means. So we don't know anything about like what kind of character that he might be playing in this. Um, I, before I throw out a couple options that I wrote about in this uh, piece at slashdot.com, I wanted to open the floor to you guys and just get your, you know, sort of gut reactions to Ben Stiller potentially joining. Let's just, for the sake of this conversation, pretend that the story is true. Um, we'll keep an eye on it, and I've actually reached out to Ben Stiller's representatives to see if I can get, you know, official confirmation and all that. So we'll update the article if uh, if we hear back from them. But uh, in the meantime, let's just assume this is true. And what do you guys think about this? Uh, H.T., what do you think about Ben Stiller potentially being in the Fast universe?
2: (laughs) It's so out of left field that I kind of love it. Um, Ben Stiller, you know, is really a depth comedian. He's also great at drama. But I think that if he brought some of that comedy to the series, which already has such like a tongue in cheek uh, approach to its own elevated action, that um, it, it... It could feel like a a breath of fresh air. I could just imagine Ben Stiller just being like that normal guy who somehow gets caught in this roided out world and being like, what is happening? What is going on? And I think that would be a fascinating movie uh, unto itself. So, yeah, why not?
0: (laughs) Uh, Brad, what about you?
1: I mean, I think Ben Stiller is great. And I think that it's just weird enough to be cool. And, you know, especially since all the way back in 2000, he had that awesome cameo appearance in Limp Biscuits' music video for Roland. Uh, So I think if anything, you know, maybe he's just reaching back to his roots of, you know... (laughs) just just loving, you know, rolling down the street in a, in a sweet-ass vehicle. Wow, I totally forgot about that. I should have embedded that
0: music video in this article. That is a, <laughs> a massive oversight on my part, but uh, a nice pull there, Brad. That's a <laughs> Man, wow. Um, so, really quickly, uh, you know, it, it's not unprecedented for a big, uh, high profile comedic actor to appear in these movies. Both Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart popped up in small roles in Hobbs and Shaw recently. So, you know, there's a chance that Ben Stiller could be doing something like that, where he basically just like, you know, comes in, drops a couple of one-liners, and then leaves, and doesn't really have, you know, much. Uh... <laughs> Much uh, effect on the plot overall. There's also I I kind of am hoping that maybe he's like uh, a super villain, like some sort of secret mastermind behind the entire thing. Like Charlize Theron's character is, uh, her name is Cipher. She's this computer hacker that's been supposedly like pulling the strings for a long time. But maybe she reports to somebody. And uh, there's in Hobson Shaw there's this terrorist organization called Etienne, and uh, that movie ends with. Etienne's leader speaking in this, like, mysterious garbled voice and basically saying that he's, like, you know, Hobbs and Shaw are, like, on his radar now and all this. Um, So maybe there's the chance that Ben Stiller is that character, like, the leader of this terrorist organization. Um, I had assumed that the bad blood between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson would mean that these, uh, the distinctions between the Hobbs and Shaw movies and the Fast and Furious saga movies are kept... Um, separate for you know just to avoid those two having to come in contact with each other but maybe there's some sort of grand plan that ultimately brings it all together for fast 10 which is supposed to be like the final movie in the fast and furious saga so this could be some sort of potential setup for uh, a super villain character i'm just wildly speculating here and then there's one more my personal favorite option i'm actually not going to talk about now i just want to uh drive people to the actual article, because I think it's a lot of fun thinking about what ridiculous role uh, Ben Stiller might be playing in this movie. So um, I encourage people to to check that out. So uh, in the meantime, let's move on to our next story, which is about the MacGruber TV series. So uh, Brad, a, can you believe this is happening and b what's the latest on this?
1: I mean, I'm going to be cautious and, you know, not believe this is happening until it's actually streaming in front of me. Uh, we heard a while back that Peacock was going to be making a McGruber TV series. Um, apparently, Norman Zucki and Akiva Schaefer and Will Forte had turned what their idea for McGruber 2 into a, a season arc for TV instead. Uh, so I'm I'm very much excited for that. But it sounds like maybe they haven't been given the official green light yet. Um, we recently. Uh, had an interview conducted with Will Forte for, um, in conjunction with this Irish horror comedy, Extraordinary, that he is starring in. Um, and so uh, our own Alex Arabian interviewed Will Forte and talked to him briefly about MacGruber. And uh, he said, uh, he talked to you just kind of about being excited for it, um, but he did mention that, uh, that he's hoping that they let them make it. So it sounds like maybe even though they announced it, that it's not officially set in Stonia. I don't know if you know, NBC Universal wants to wait and see how the subscriber outlook is when Peacock launches before they start digging in and greenlighting all these different projects. Um, if anything, maybe they were just testing the water just to see if the interest was there.
0: Um, <laughs> that's interesting. But, I was under the impression that it was like a, a done deal, but it sounds like that's not the case.
1: I mean, it's it's very it's very much possible that maybe Will Forte doesn't know what has been officially announced yet. So he, maybe he's playing coy just just in case. Um But he he does, he does, when he's in part of this interview, he says, We're pretty excited about what we've come up with, but we're here just waiting to see if they'll let us do it. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I think my what I love most about what he said here, um, and you can go read the article to read, you know, all of his comments. But uh, the interviewer, uh, Alex Rabian, asks if KFBR 392 uh, will again recur in this season. And Will Forte said, I don't think so, even though I appreciated the reference. He says there are certainly a couple things like that that we touch on, but for the most part, we're moving into new territory. Uh, the tone of it is the exact same tone, but we just didn't want to make it be like a greatest hits from the movie. But people will be satisfied and grossed out enough, which is great news to me because I don't want them just to tap on what made McGruber funny before and like retread jokes and make all these references for fans who loved it. I like that they're going in a new direction. They're not going to force stuff like that. And that they have an idea that just is just more of you know Magruber, so that's i think that's awesome for sure,
0: I'm excited about that too um h t have you seen Magruber? what's your relationship with that uh movie and and that property I guess now I have not oh man, you gotta check that out ht It's so funny um Brad, should we explain what k f b r three nine two is for people
1: like h t who have not seen the Magruber movie? Um I mean if you haven't seen McGruber and you don't know what that means because of it I think you just need to go watch the movie to find out because it is one of the funniest bits uh <laughs> in the movie and okay. I think it's absolute, that I think that alone is just worth watching McGruber.
0: Yeah. I agree. Okay, good. Uh all right, let's jump to our last story of the day which is that uh the Invisible Man director Lee Wanell has uh struck has, has struck <laughs> a uh a 2-year first look deal with Blumhouse. Um Brad, what does this mean, and especially what does it mean for maybe the future of more Universal Monsters movies?
1: Well, in general, I think this is just good news for horror. Uh, Lee L and Bloomhouse have collaborated to great success before. Uh, they worked on the Insidious franchise together. They worked on, on Upgrade together. They've been a great team for a while now. And after the success of the Invisible Man reboot, uh, it shows that they're willing to do more. Uh, this is a two-year first-look deal that will give... Bloomhouse a first uh, chance at grabbing any projects that One uh, L will write, direct, or produce, and perhaps the most exciting aspect of this is if Universal is you know satisfied with The Invisible Man, which seems like it's going pretty well based on the thirty million dollar box office return in its opening weekend on a budget of just seven million dollars, uh, then. Perhaps Lee L and Jason Bloom could maybe become the new shepherds of a universal uh, movie monster universe since Dark Universe didn't take off with the Mummy reboot that starred Tom Cruise so long ago. And based on the glowing reviews for The Invisible Man, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited to go see it uh, this week. It sounds like that that would be something that fans would very much like because uh, L's approach to The Invisible Man is something that was modern, but it kept, you know, the the core you know scariness of the original uh invisible man character intact but made it uh relevant to today's culture and contemporary times and so if he can do something similar uh even if he's just producing other universal monster movies then this could be the right way to really bring in a new uh cinematic universe for all those classic movie monsters so I don't think any of us on this episode have seen *The Invisible Man* yet,
0: but as you mentioned, Brad, it's it's you know getting very good reviews, and and I think all of us are excited to check it out. Hopefully, sometime very soon, maybe this week even. Um, but. HT I'm curious what you think about this because like uh, from what I understand the invisible Man is supposed to be sort of a commentary on like the me Too era and um, you know it's very much like about trauma and and it puts a, a female character at the forefront and all that and it, it's it sounds great and it sounds like a you know a fantastic performance from Elizabeth Moss not as if we would expect anything else from her at this point but like the future of universal monster movies do you think that they can all be modernized in a similar way like Do you think that, uh, I guess, what do you think about the potential for, um, you know, modern day versions of Frankenstein or something, for example? Like, do you think there's going to have to be some sort of, um, I don't know, like, what would you call it, like a social hook or something for each of these movies?
2: That's a good question. And I think that that it's possible with all the Universal Monster movies. I think that each of the movie, uh, each of the monsters—Frankenstein's uh, monster, uh, Dracula, the Mummy, uh, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde—all have um, remained so timeless and have uh, sustained their poss- maintained their possibi- their popularity for so long because um, they represent some sort of, you know, primal fear, um, and they are very much sort of the the folk t- modern folk tales of our time and those uh, again are proved to be very universal and proved to be very timeless so i think that if you go take it from a clever um and smart and sensitive uh, approach you could do it uh, i can't think of a lot off the top of my head right now but dracula has been done over and over um in modern contexts and like you know the, the whole idea of vampires and chastity and the um the Stalker in the Night uh, is something that could be done and um, has been done in sort of like more uh, satirical uh, sorts of ways, but it could be done in a more straightforward horror way. Jekyll and Hyde definitely something that you could um, do. You could uh, modernize with its idea of the dual personalities and our id and, or ego taking over. And um, I, uh, yeah, I actually. Hadn't thought of it, but I think that's a really good way of approaching them. I don't know if you could build a whole cinematic universe like uh, so many studios wish to do, but I think that you could certainly build a really interesting series of films that would be very unlike a lot of horror movies you're seeing today. And I, I think it's um, it proves that, yeah, that these stories are timeless, and these monsters are timeless, and you could do something uh, with them for sure.
1: That sounds pretty cool. Brad, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean... Having not having seen the Invisible Man yet, I think my opinion is just one of just jumping on the bandwagon because of how good it is. But I do think that there's a you know a chance here to do something um, with the Universal monsters that updates them for contemporary times in a way that makes them I don't know like obviously the the movie monsters have always had metaphors tied to them, but I think you have to do something. Uh, in a refreshing way to make it more relevant to today's audiences, you know, was we haven't seen a lot of these classic movie monsters in, you know, that kind uh, in a, in a horror setting for uh, a long time now. So I feel like you have to do something that really taps into today's culture and make it relevant in order for people to uh, care about it. You know, and like the mummy attempted to do that by essentially making, you know, a mission impossible movie with the mummy and clearly it didn't work. So something new has to be done. And I, I, If these guys are the ones that do it, then I'm excited to see what they can do. I think that's well said. All right. I think that's
0: going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. Um, You can find all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can, you know, you've you've listened to this podcast enough. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Uh, You can find more about the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps and send your feedback questions comments and concerns to us at peter at slash film.com. make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air don't forget to rate and review the podcast on itunes tell your friends spread the word thank you for listening and if you've listened this far thank you for putting up with the construction noises that are going on outside of my window and have been for this entire episode i've tried to be uh, to mute my way around them but uh, man it's been tough so anyway thank you for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow